in the book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, the Bible states that place. so then faith cometh by hearing and, and hearing by the word of God. Awesome I pray that you are Come blessed by God. what you are about to hear or listen to. He can move this is a Kingdom Christian Fellowship Ministries presentation. Stay blessed. Hide me from the rain. My God is awesome. We come before you this evening, Lord. You said, but if the ministration of death written and engraving in stones was so glorious that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses by reason of the glory of his countenance, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? But if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more than the ministration of righteousness, excelling glory. Yes, Lord, tonight let us encounter your glory, Lord. Let us encounter your glory. Thou that dwelleth among the cherubim. Lord, you said even the mystery that was hid from ages and from generation which is now made known unto his saint to whom God will also make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you the hope of glory whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man to present every man perfect in Christ Jesus he said well to I labor striving according to his working that worketh in me mightily Tonight I ask for that inner working, oh God. I ask for that inner working. Lord, let us encounter the reality of your word. Thank you, Jesus. Let your kingdom come, oh Father, that dwelleth in the heavens. That all may know that thine is the glory and thine is the power. And thine is the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Glory to you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. It's great to have you here this evening. As it is time for renewing of mind service. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Tonight we just want to share something. We just want to share something. We just have some words that the Lord has put into our mouth and we want to deliver it to his children and to his people. Hallelujah. And so I, I, I titled this message Kingdom Growth Pattern and Orientation. Kingdom Growth Pattern and Orientation. Kingdom Growth Pattern and orientation now we realize that we are getting into the last days and one of the things that is going to happen in these last days is that the middle wall of partition that separates the spiritual realm from the mundane realm 
will be getting thinner and thinner and thinner. The veil that lies between the realm of the spirit and the realm of the physical is going to be disappearing small, small, small. So we get into a place when there's going to be an interface between the realm of the spirit and the realm of the physical. Because when we look at the book of Revelation, we realize that things are more explicit. We see Hades opening and living creatures coming out, coming to torture human beings, strange things that we have not seen before. Okay, And the Bible speaks that there's going to be an angel that will move. You know, in this dispensation, angels are not allowed to preach the gospel. That is why when the angel came to um, Cornelius, he told Cornelius to go for Peter at Joppa. But in the end time, an angel is going to fly in the heavens, preaching what we call the everlasting gospel. So we are going to see angels preaching around. Okay, And so we see that another thing we can also see is that um, witchcraft, that was something that was hidden, okay, and sorcery and other things that were hidden, societies that were hidden, now they are becoming visible, okay? Now, you know, you can have people on Facebook sending you requests, okay? And they have very powerful names, Baba, you know, whatever and whatever, whatever. It is telling you that we are getting to a particular time where things are not going to be secret, Okay, now the church of Satan is, is really opened. It is not something that is dis like something that is, you know, hidden. It is not something that is concealed. So the realm is getting thinner and thinner and thinner. Okay, all right. So I just want us to look at a particular scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Yeah, it says that this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Let's continue. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Yes, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, denying, but denying the power thereof. From Saturn away, verse 6. For out of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lust. Verse 7. Ever learned and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Yes. Now, this is my, my main scripture. I said that now, as Jonas and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also. Resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Now, if the Bible is yours, I want you to underline or, you know, just highlight this particular scripture. Now, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt mind reprobate concerning the faith. Verse 9. But they shall proceed no further. Now, underline this one too. They shall proceed no further. For their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also. The theirs there refers to the folly of Janis and Jembres. Okay? Now let's look to the verse 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine. I want you to understand, uh, underline the word doctrine. 
but thou hast fully known my doctrine. So let's go back to verse 8. Now, verse 8 says that, Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Now, we, we just have to go back a little, okay, and look at who these Janus and Jambres are. Okay, very good. We are not going to read the scriptures. I'll just give you, I'll just, I'll just give you um, um, a summary of the story, okay? Now, we know that God has sent Moses to deliver the Israelites, okay, from slavery. They were under the, 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 the dominion of the, the Egyptians, okay? And God has sent Moses to, to deliver them, okay? So Moses goes there and says that Pharaoh, you are, God says that let my people go, that it may serve me. Okay, all right. And um, it, it is not just something that, you know, um, Pharaoh is just going to allow to go. Okay, all right. Now, we have to understand that there is no way the kingdom of darkness will let anything go without a context. Okay, without a contest. Okay, they, they are not going to, they are go, they, there must always be a wrestle. The Bible says that be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And it says that put on the whole armor of God that he might be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Now, the word is wrestle. And you know, when we are talking about wrestling, it's not, it's not just about you punching someone once and then the person falling down. There's going to be an exchange, okay? The person is going to definitely wrestle you. And this is what Christians don't really understand, okay? Very good. But the Bible says that in this very last day, okay, what happened? The people that withstood Moses, Janice and Jambres, okay? Very good. So Moses now goes to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, let my people go. And before he went, he asked God that, Charlie, what, what sign do you have for me? Because Moses knew the capacity of, 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 of Egypt. Okay? He knew that Egypt was not just a physical world that was ruling. But behind this physical world is a spiritual world too as well. Hallelujah. And we see this same image in the book of Daniel. When Gabriel, Daniel was a prime minister. Okay? Within the Persian Empire. Okay? And... Um, he was asking concerning um, the time that Israel will leave slavery back to their promised land. And as he was praying, the Bible said that from the first day that thou set thyself to pray, okay, I was discharged. God discharged Gabriel to come and give him the answer. But the Bible says that the prince of Persia withstood me. And when the, after Daniel has finished saying that, he says that after he, had, he finished delivering the message to, Gabriel finished delivering the message to Daniel, Okay, what he told him that, he said, I'm going back to fight against the prince of Persia. And immediately I finished fighting the prince, the prince of Persia. Lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. So, the conquering of the prince of Persia was the overthrowing. So, in the realm of the spirit, the prince of Persia was conquered. Okay, by Michael and Gabriel. Okay, so, immediately that happened, the Medo-Persian empire, okay, was also taken away. And the, the, the Greece empire came led by Alexander the Great. Are we okay with that? So when we go to the book of Revelation, the Bible says that there are spiritual cities, okay, which is called Egypt and Sodom. 
Okay? So Moses knew that as he was going, it, it is not just going to be a matter of physical context or, or, or um, 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 a battle, okay? But it's going to be a matter of what? Of spirits, okay? And one of the prophets gave gives us the, the disclosure that actually the reason why the Israelites had to go through the Red Sea was because there was, there was a dragon lying in the sea. And the head of the dragon must be crushed. And when the head was the, of the dragon was crushed, that was when the Bible said that all the Egyptians were drowned. Hallelujah. So we just saw Moses just going in to, to bring the Israelites out. But it was just something more than that. The Bible said that Janus and Jambres withstood Moses. So the first thing that happened was that when he got there, he put down his rod. And then his rod turned into a snake. And then Pharaoh said, oh, is that all you have? Wow, let me call my magicians. Charlie, guys, come around. And then they also put down their, their rod. And then the rod also turned to, they were turned to snakes, okay? So we know what happened, okay? But they still didn't give up. There was another one again, okay, where uh, Moses went to the Nile. God told Moses to go to the Nile. And he, he told Moses to use his rod to hit the water for it to turn to blood. When that happened, the Egyptians also did what? They also turned water to blood. Hallelujah. And then there was, a, there was another one again where uh, Moses commanded frogs to come. They also commanded frogs to come. Then there was a last one where God told Moses to use the rod to hit the ground and that there's going to be lies. And then the magicians also tried, but they couldn't. And then they said that this is the finger of God. Now, the Bible says that now, in the end times, now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. And so, in this end time, there's also going to be the same battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And it's going to be just the way it was in the display of power. That is the way it's going to be. Now, let us realize something. You realize that when Moses was coming to deliver uh, the, the Israelites, okay, anytime the battle goes on, Pharaoh does what? He multiplies the activities of the Israelites. Now, what happens is that anytime the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of, of light meet, and there is a context, okay, what happens is that babies are, are the ones that will suffer. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, the ones that are not matured are the ones that will suffer. Now, we see a very clear one also in the book of Matthew. Okay, in the book of Matthew, we realize that Christ is born, Jesus is born. Okay, and then Herod, okay, finds out that Charlie, there's a king that is born. This king is born in, Judea, uh, in, in, in Jerusalem, uh, sorry, uh, in Bethlehem. And this guy is coming to take my throne. Hallelujah. And so, what does he do? Quickly, he sets off. To search for the seed. But God, also being almighty, told um, Joseph to take, to take Jesus away. When Jesus was taken away, what happens? It was the little children that died. Hallelujah. And so, in this end time, what is going to happen is that if the children of God refuse to grow, there's going to be a lot of casualties. Because any time there's a collision between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, always babies 
suffer. Hallelujah. Now, so let's move on. He says that to the verse 9. But they shall proceed no further. Now, this they shall proceed no further is dependent on you and I. Hallelujah. Because their proceeding no further was dependent on the obedience of on the obedience of what? Moses and Aaron. But they shall proceed no further. For their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. Hallelujah. And let's see. And let's see what, what Moses said. Um, sorry, let's see what Paul said in verse 10. He said that, but thou hast fully known my doctrine. Thou hast fully known my doctrine. Hallelujah. Now, we have really known what doctrine is. Is that not so? We all know what doctrine is, right? Perfectly. Okay, very good. All right. So we know that doctrine is basically a set of truth. Okay, truth that has been set forth. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 28, it says that whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he teach doctrine? They that are weaned from the breast. Okay, and they that has been what? They have been cut from milk. It says that a little here, a little there. Precept upon precept, line upon line. So that is what doctrine is. Okay, very good. All right. But one thing we are also going to realize is that doctrine is not only in words. They are dimension. Now, th there is only one doctrine that we have in the Bible. There is only one doctrine. Anytime you see doctrines in plural, it is doctrine of demons. There is no plural doctrine. Okay? So when we go to when we go to 1 Timothy chapter 4, okay, the Bible speaks about seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Hallelujah. But when we are talking about the doctrine of God, it is always singular and it's the doctrine of Christ. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 1, it says that, Wherefore, leaving the principle and the elementary doctrines of Christ, let us move, it, let us move on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. And of faith toward God. And of the doctrines of baptism and laying on of hands. And of the resurrection of the dead and then eternal judgment. Are we okay with that? So that is the doctrine of Christ. When we go to 2 John chapter 1 verse 9. The Bible speaks about he that transgresses does not abide in the doctrine of Christ. Hallelujah. So when you check through the epistles, anytime the word doctrine is used, it is used only one. Because we have only one doctrine and that doctrine is Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. But now, Paul says that, but you have known my doctrine. Okay. Now, in this, what, what, we, what we are just saying is that, okay, we have been limited to, you know, the discussion of words. Okay. That is the only word part of what doctrine. Okay. The setting forth of the statement of fact, which we call truth. Are we okay with that? Okay, very good. But there is another dimension, okay, that we can communicate doctrine. And that dimension is communicating power. Now, for example, Paul says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, from verse 4, he says that, And when I came unto you, my speech and my preaching were not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and the power, that your faith might stand in the wisdom of men. Hallelujah. And... In First um, Corinthians chapter four, verse twenty, the Bible says that for the kingdom of God is not only in words but in power. Hallelujah. Okay, so 
there is a dimension in the kingdom where words can no longer communicate. It is only power that can communicate. And that is, that is the dimension that the world is now going to enter into. Okay? He says that, now we saw, he said that there, there will be perilous times and people will, rest, they will withstand the truth as journeys and jamborees. Hallelujah. Okay, now let's look at this scripture. Acts chapter 13, verse 6 to 12. It says that, and when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar Jesus, verse 7, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. Now let's see what happens. He said, but Elimas, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Now let's see what happened. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O fool of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all unrighteousness, Will thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Let's continue. He said, and now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness. And the Bible said that, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Verse 12. He said, then the deputy, when he saw what, what was done, believed being astonished by the doctrine of God, the doctrine of the Lord. Now, mind you, Paul and, 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 and whoever it was had not preached the gospel because Elimas withstood them. But by the display of power, when the deputy saw it, the Bible said that he was astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. So here, the communication of the doctrine was captured in the realm of power. And when that happens, there is no need, there is, the, the full counsel of God is communicated. When he just saw what was happening, the Bible says that he was astonished, he believed, and was astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Meanwhile, the guy has not opened his mouth. But the guy, the guy was astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Because here, power was communicated in the form of doctrine. And in this end time, if we really want to walk as children of God, then we must capture this realm of doctrine too as well. Because there are certain communication that can never be done in words. They must be done in power. For the kingdom of God is not only in word, but in anybody that wants to live by the kingdom must understand this principle first of all. That the kingdom of God does not function by words alone, but by power. And this end time, there is not going to be, if you decide to be a baby and don't move into that realm of communicating power, then you are going to be a baby that will suffer. Just like when the battle was going on between Janice and Jambres and Moses, the Israelites who were slaves were suffering because their attacks were being increased each and every day. Their tax master gave them straw and, and what and, and clay. Now, after some time, he said, I'm not giving you straw again. T just take it. 
Hallelujah. So if you are in the corporate world where your big boss is an occultic person and you you have decided not to grow, then be ready to suffer. This, that, that is what the end time is just going to be about. It's just going to be display of power. That's all. That is all. As Janice and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these withstand the truth. He said, but thou art known my doctrine. Paul prevailed by the dimension of power called doctrine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, this leaves us to nothing else but down to grow. We have no option in this end time. You have to grow. You grow or you suffer. Hallelujah. When you read, you know, let me tell you, let me tell you something. When you read the book of it's not everybody that will suffer. Because Jesus Christ said that. He said, pray that ye may escape. So, there are certain people by virtue of what they carry, they can escape. That escaping is of worthiness. It's not a matter of position. It's a matter of worthiness. So, you must be worthy. Hallelujah. Say, I must grow. Or I suffer. Oh, you're not saying that one. <laughs> you must grow or you suffer. That's what the Bible says. Unless you don't believe what the Bible is saying. Now, as Janis and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. And I'm telling you that the middle wall of partition between the realm of the spirit and the realm of the physical will be, it will be growing thin. Thin. When you go into the book of Revelation, you see how things are happening physically. Or maybe you've not read the book of Revelation very well. You, you realize that now spiritual things are becoming very physical. Angels that you don't see, you are going to see them very simple. Very, 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 very. You don't, at that time, you don't need to pray for, your, for God to open your, you are going to see everything. The middle wall of partition is broken. When we see the, the plagues of war coming, okay, the beast, you are going to see the beast come out from the bottomless pit. The, the Hades, if I say right now, where is hell? You don't know where, but in the end time, if you want to be, you will see Hades. It will open. Then things will be coming out. So the middle wall, of, it is breaking. Small, gradually, 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 gradually. Now they are teaching witchcraft in school. That should tell you that the dispensation is gradually changing. It is heading somewhere. Hallelujah. And it will get to a time where you think that in your corporate world you are free. Now, let me, You see, this message is, is for you that you are in the corporate world. Because this dimension is really going to be seen. Now, let me tell you something. When we go to the book of Zechariah, okay, chapter 5, there's no need for us to read it. Okay, I think we've read it before. The Bible says that there were, Zechariah saw a vision and he saw an ephah. Hallelujah. And an ephah, that was what Jesus Christ said. He said that um, ye are the salt of the earth. But if the sun should lose its savor, where we shall it be sorted? It is then for good for nothing, but to be cast down and to be trodden underfoot by men. It means that if I lose my saltiness, one thing that is going to happen is that I'll be trodden underfoot by men. That's one thing, okay? He said that ye are the light of the world. A city that is set upon a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. That, that bushel is the same ephah. It is something that is used for business, for trading. So I measure the ephah. You know, so when 
Zachariah saw the ephah. That is, that is, that is, that is showing business, the realm of business or commerce. When the, the ephah was opened, which is the basket, they saw a woman inside. And Zachariah asked the angel, what's the meaning? He said, this is wickedness. And anytime we see woman in the Bible, it shows practicality. It is subjective and dispositional. So it speaks about practical wickedness. Now, we realize that one, when the Antichrist comes, one of the things that he'll be doing is that he's going to seize the realm of buying and selling. Do we see that? So you say that if you don't have the mark, you can't buy, you can't sell. And so we must know that <laughs> am I overstepping my message? Now, we must know that as Jesus Christ, Christ came first of all as a doctrine. Hallelujah. In the book of Hebrews, he said, Lo, it is written of me, I have come to fulfill. And in the, in the, in the, in the book of Luke, chapter 24, okay, when, when he resurrected, he preached to the people and he said that he preached to them everything concerning him in the word, in the book of Moses. That is the law and then the prophets and the Psalms. So Christ came in the form of a doctrine first. He was just something that was portrayed. It is the same way that the Antichrist also comes. When God is coming, he prepares his way. And we have to know that Satan mimics everything that God does. So in the book of John, John says that first John, he says that the Antichrist which is to come, but now is in the world. So the man of iniquity, the Bible says that the mystery of iniquity doth already worketh. So this mystery of iniquity will, it will begin, it will, it will work, work until it is consummated. Amen. Are we getting it? Very good. And so when you know the plan of the enemy for the end times, you see, if you really want to do business and you really want to, unless maybe you want to do motivational kind of motivational speaking kind of Christian and then you do business. That one is fine. It's all about your ambition. But if you really want to do it for Jesus Christ, you have no exception than to grow. Satan has nobody. He, that, he, that, I mean, what, he, why is he coming to fight uh, with, with you? you? You are so self-centered. You are already in his jurisdiction. You, there is nothing any self-centered believer can do against the kingdom of darkness. But if you really think that me, I want to do business for the sake of the kingdom of God, you will have no... Because practical wickedness is waiting for you. The mystery of iniquity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. So now we see that yes, in this end time, this is really what is going to happen. Okay. That as... Um, um, okay. So it's here. Okay, so let's, 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 okay, he said, and he said, this is wickedness. And he cast it into the midst of the ephah, and he cast the weight of the lid upon the mouth thereof. I mean, we can go and read more. I, I, I explained that in uh, one of the messages I, I preached the other time. Okay, all right. So now, we realize that God's desire for us is for us to grow. Is that not so? God wants everybody to grow. Okay, very good. Now, we can see that from the book of Ephesians chapter 4, from verse 11 to 14, it says that, and it gave some to be apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. It says that for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, 
for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith unto the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And that is the reason why God put on, you know, you see, let me, you see, your, your pastor, your minister, they weren't given to you for you to know whether, I'm, I'm not saying that you can't, you can't do that, okay? For you to know whether, oh, is this my boyfriend? Is this my girlfriend? In one, one year, you can change three girlfriends. God says this one. God, that's, not, that's not the reason why you have pastors and ministers. They are for your perfection. And so, if you are always using your ministers for you shallow things, soon you'll be found wanting. Now, what we have to do, know is that there is no neutral grounds when it comes to spiritual matters. There's nothing like, oh, me, I don't, believe to the, I don't belong to the kingdom of darkness. I don't belong to the kingdom of light. So, Satan, don't worry me. I'm not on God's side. God, you too. No, there's nothing like that. We have to understand that. Okay. God bless you. Alright. So, we say that God's desire for every believer is to grow. And that, that growth... That, we have to, that growth has a measure and it has a stature. And that measure and that stature is a perfect man called Christ. Anything short of that does not bring pleasure to God. Because the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, it said, uh, uh, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will. So, in the eternity past, God sat down and he was having a good pleasure. And this good pleasure he was having was that he had a perfect son called Jesus. And he wanted to make other sons just like this son. That is his good pleasure. And so, when we really want to please God, bring glory or honor him, the, the, we are supposed to move into the measure of the stature of the fullness. And Paul had to, he gave us dimension. He says that unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that fullness has a measure and that measure has a stature. So God intentionally put those three uh, qualifications there so that you know that this is actually, it was, it was precise. And he says that that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Now, because in this end time, we say that doctrine is not only captured in the realm of words, but in the realm of power. So, there will be communication of power in the forms of doctrine and people will be tossed. If you are someone that you are easily moved by signs and wonders, you have to be very, very careful. Makata. I've not even begun with my message. to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. He says that by the slight of men and cunning craftiness. Can we, yes, very good. He said that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in way to deceive. Say, I have no option. 
than to grow. Hallelujah. Now when we go to the book of Colossians 2, chapter 1, verse 26 to 29, Paul says something. He said, even the mystery which was hid from ages and generation. Hallelujah. And he says that as it is now being made manifest to his saint, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He said, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. He said, whereunto I labor, striving according to his working, that worketh in me mightily. Here again we see that the desire of Paul was to present every believer perfect in Christ Jesus. And so, it means that everything that I, I am, everything that I have, should be channeled to my growth into perfection. Amen. Hallelujah. And then in Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 to 16, Paul says something again. He said, he said, whereby now I know that you, you do not obey only in my presence, but now much more in my, in, in my absence. He said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God that worketh in you both will and to do of his good pleasure. He said, do all things without memory and disputing. That we may be harmless and blameless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a perverse and a crooked generation among whom ye shine forth as light. Holding fast the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain and I have not labored in vain. That is the desire. That is the kingdom. Hallelujah. And so we can realize that there, there, has, been, there has been something that is blurring the image. Okay? Now, we think that prosperity is equal to spiritual stature. And so, when I come to church, I get a car, I get a house, I marry, and things are going well. That means that, yes, I'm, I'm spiritually buoyant. Hallelujah. But you have, for, you have forgotten the words of Jesus Christ. The man who said that, let me gather, let me gather them for tomorrow. He said, how fool. Hallelujah. So we must know the heartbeat of God. Now, don't, God wants you to prosper. God wants you to have a car, actually. God wants you to have a, a, a scholarship. He wants you to have a beautiful girl. He wants you to work in everything. But it is always tied to perfection. Okay, so I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that, no, please, no, that's not what I'm saying, okay? All right, so let's go to the book of Galatians chapter 4, from verse 4 to 11. He said, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth the, God sent forth his son, made of a woman under the law, let's, let's continue, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Okay, let's continue. He said, and because he are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying our father. Now, let's watch here. Now, you see, your maturity is a gift. You already have it. You are already perfect. Now, the reason why you are perfect is that the spirit of perfection, who is Christ, has been given to you. 
I hope you understand that. Okay? So now, Paul, Paul says that, that we may grow into the measure of the stature of the fullness. So it means that that thing that you are supposed to, it has already been given to you. It has already been conferred. So it's not something that I'm going to strive. It is something that I have to grow into. Do we see that? Okay, very good. All right, let's continue. He said, Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an, an heir of God through Christ. Let's continue. How be it then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no God. Let's continue. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly element, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Okay, so it means that even though we have been given the spirit of, ado uh, of adoption, the spirit of Christ, which is in the fullness of the measure, of the stature, okay, but we realize that there are still certain, there are still believers, okay, that are still entangled with certain affairs of this world or certain beggarly elements. Are we okay with that? Okay, very good. So today, we want to say that we are not all the same in the kingdom of God. And that is proven throughout the whole Bible. The book of John was just, the book of John, First John, the epistle, it was just categorizing uh, Christians according to rank. He spoke, of, he spoke of the children. Even the children, there are dimension of children. All children are not the same. Then he spoke of young men before he spoke of the fathers. So we are not all the same. Are we okay with that? Okay, very good. Now, today, my, my, my main aim is for you to see the realm within which you, 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 you belong to. Because through the, the feet, everybody in a, in a particular realm, okay, or rank, or growth, they, they, they portray certain characters. When we see children, we, we realize that, ah, no, by the way they, they, they behave, everything, you realize that you are a child. So that you know, then you know, hey, I'm a child, oh, let me grow. Because things are about to get very dangerous, heated. Hallelujah. So, now, we begin quickly. Okay, so growth pattern. Okay, now the very first, the first stage of growth we have is breathless. And this comes from First Peter chapter 2. It said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Now, as newborn babes, the, the word breathless deals with those who have been, a baby that has been freshly born. The one that the mother just pushed out. Mm. That's a breakfast. Okay, very good. And now, within the, the time of birth, to let's say maybe a week or some few months, you are still a breakfast. Now, we realize that there is one thing. The Bible says that as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that he may grow thereby. Let's move on to verse 3. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, when we, when we were born again immediately, we saw the graciousness of the Lord. You realize that when you ask God something, no pardon, anything has come. When you are praying, that is so fine. You go to fire camp, then you know you are receiving prophecies and you are crying, and things are so fine for you. That is the graciousness of the Lord. And now, this graciousness is supposed to do two things. Now, let's go to verse 1. The graciousness is supposed to do, he said, if so be. He said, wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all, all hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. Verse 2. 
as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Verse 3. If so, be ye have tasted. But you never knew that the graciousness of the Lord was actually to make you desire for the sincere milk. You, then you were, you were just walking around. Me, oh, you who are praying, God doesn't answer. Me, if I pray right now, God will answer. You don't know that you, the graciousness of the Lord. That is the realm you belong to, breakfast. He wants to win you. He wants to start feeding you with milk. So, don't think that that graciousness is not going to last forever. There's, there will be a time where he will pull out. Hallelujah. So, that one, it, it will last for a very short while. Okay, very good. Then the next stage, we come to Nepios. Nepios. In case you are writing. So, Brefos is spelled B-R-E-P-H-O-S. Brefos. They are newly born babies. Newly born babies. The tenderness we give to the newborn babies. That's the same way God gives to us. When we are born again. Very, very sweet. Then we come to Nepios. Now, Nepios speaks of um, a child, okay, between the time the child will learn how to walk and talk, okay, and then the time the breakfast ended. Are we okay with that? So let's say maybe um, breakfast is from one month to three months, and then um, this one is from three months to, let's say, one year before the child will learn how to say mama and what, whatever. Okay, very good. Now, these are some of the characteristics of um, Nepios. Now, don't be shocked. Nepios can have spiritual gifts. Nepios. They can have spiritual gifts. But meanwhile, they are still wearing pampas. No, you see, Nepios, they have still not known the father. They don't know the father. They've not known the father. Now, let's go, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Let's move on. He said that, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto, ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. Verse 3. Now, let's see something. He said, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy and strife and division, and ye are not, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Now, it means that if I'm walking as a man, then I am an abuse. Are we okay with that? Okay, very good. Now, let me tell you something. The whole, you see, let, let's go to verse 2. He said that, neither yet now are ye able. Paul was talking about, he was talking about the dimensions of revelation. And he's saying that, when we go to the, the church of Corinth, he cannot give them revelation. Even now that he's talking, he cannot give them revelation. So it means that the book of First Corinthians, they are only basic doctrines for babies. From here, he said that neither yet now are ye able. So everything that is telling them, Paul, the first, the book of First Corinthians was a, was a revisit because from here, chapter three, he went to chapter four. He must now tell them about his apostleship because they were judging him. At chapter one, they were fighting. Me, I belong to Apollos. Me, I belong to Paul. And Paul's trying to tell them, Charlie, this thing is no, it's no. It's. Now, before we go, let's go to First uh, Corinthians one three. Let's see something. 1 Corinthians 1 3. Paul says something very, very powerful. He said that grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's move on. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. Let's move on. That in everything ye are enriched. 
by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. The people had knowledge and they had utterance. Let's move on. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed. Now, the, 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 the Bible speaks of the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Christ and the testimony of Jesus Christ. There are, are three different things. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And then the Bible, the, the testimony of Christ, sorry, the testimony of Jesus speaks of Jesus' earthly work. The testimony of Christ speaks of the dimensions of the power of God. Let's move on to the next one, verse 7. You see, he said, so that ye come behind in no gift. So these people were enriched in giftings. But Paul said, Paul said that they were babes. He said they were babes. They were nephews. Why? Because envies and certain things were within them. So he had to teach them all over again. Verse 5. He realized that he has, Paul now has to talk about, you know, a guy who had taken his father's wife. And the church of Corinth, you know, the giftings were there, but they, were, they, didn't, know, they didn't know that there was anything wrong. Verse 6, he had to come and tell them about, about the kingdom of, of God. That their bodies is a living, is, is a temple of, of God. Verse 7, he has now come and tell them about marriage. 8, he had to tell them that don't go and eat from idols. Verse 9, he has to defend his apostleship again. Verse 10, he now tells them that, Charlie, guys, this Christian thing, we can fall. So he begins to use Israel as a map, as a pattern. Verse 11, he has to teach them about communion again. Verse 12, he has to teach them about spiritual gifts. 13, now love. 14, about days. That Sabbatarianism is not needed. Vegetarianism is not needed. They were fighting about food and things. Verse 15, he has to teach them about re re resurrection. And Paul said that all these things, they, he said, they, they are not revelations. They are, they are, this is milk. One thing about Nepios 2 is that when we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, Paul says something. He said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, you know, this is something about the pews. They take decisions before they come back to God. When they will enter into a relationship, then when they start knowing, ah, but this thing, was it the will of God? The pews. When I was a child, I speak. They, 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 you know what they do? They speak before they now try to understand, before they will think. Meanwhile, you're supposed to think to understand before you speak. So, so decision, they, they take decisions before they inquire. Always, their inquiry is after they've taken the decision. He, he goes and takes, you know, they, they, are, they, are, they are easily moved. It's like something is happening. No, it's like, Charlie, I have to go and find work. I have to go and find work. He goes inside the work. And then the boss is bullying him. It's like, hey, this thing, Christ, is the will of God. Nephews. Then we also see something about, about, about Nephews again. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13, the Bible says that for he that is unskillful in the word of righteousness, let's go there. For everyone that uses milk, is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he is a babe. Now, this one, when we talk about the using of the word of righteousness, okay, now, here, this, the unskillful, it is talking about someone who can skillfully use a sword. That is what Paul was ascribing this, this thing to. So, someone who is skillful in using a sword. And the Bible said that picking up the sword of the spirit, which is the rima of God. Now, those people cannot use the rima of God to, to deal. Now, let's move on to the next one, verse 14. 
It says that, but strong men belong to them that are of full age, even those who by the reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Okay, so one thing about Nepios, when they give them prophetic word, they cannot use that prophetic word to fight against opposition. They are not skillful with the word of righteousness. The, that I'm talking about Rima. Rima. Because I'm saying that this one is, is, is using sword. 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 So Rima. The sword of the spirit, which is Rima. That is the, the spoken word. So when they are giving a spoken word, just like Paul said that by these prophecies, wage war. They, no, they, they, they're pews. The pews. You're a baby. The pews. Now, Ephesians 4.14, we spoke about that. He said that we be henceforth no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Today, he hears that, oh, he's, he's going there. The pews. He hears this one. Hey, we ought to meet you so much more. You are, you are, just, you are just moving. Hallelujah. And one of the things about Nepios is that they are under the influence of the world. Now, the world and dimension, the more you grow, the attack of the world is different. For example, when you grow to, you are almost getting to uh, um, um, perfection. When the Bible speaks about the world, it is different from the world to the Nepios. You are not all, all facing the world the same thing. So when the Bible sp was speaking to young men, he said that, love not the world. For he that loveth the world, the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the last of the eyes, the last of the flesh, and the, they are not talking to you. They are not talking to Nepius. Because Nepius, you've not gotten to that place. You have not, you, are, you, you see, those people that, the Bible says that they shouldn't love the world, but you, the love of the world is already in you. Oh yes, we'll see it. You are, to <laughs> now, the one we read, the Bible said that, why are ye under the beggarly element of the world? That is Nepius. They are still under the beggarly elements. They have no freed themselves. So today, Shatawale comes, he's following. Today, they said that, oh, this, then they are following. The world is a different place for you. Now, let, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, it says that, um, wherein in time past, you work according to the course of this world, according to the power of the prince of the air. The spirit, now, let's go to that way. Wherein in time past, you work according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So, now, there's something we call the course of the world. Have you seen that when it is raining, and let's say there are leaves, and the water is flowing, it carries everything. That's what, that's what it means. When the world is flowing like a wave, it carries the pills along. They, they, don't have, they are not fortified. So every wind, anything can carry them. They are in the church. Today they hear that, oh no, we have to, they follow Nepius. So you, the world, that, that one is different. So let's, we have to learn how to, how to, how to, the Bible says that, rightly dividing the word of truth. So don't think that when they are talking about the world, every, every word, no, you, you have not gotten to that place yet. But, the world, the time that you be, we, there are people that are entering to perfection. When Jesus Christ went to the uh, 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 this thing into the wilderness, he was tempted on these three points: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So the Bible says that who was tempted at all points, yet without sin. 
So there is a realm that you get into where you are tempted because you are moving into another realm or another dimension. Hallelujah. Okay, fine. Okay. So this is this this is the way we are. We are just tossed to and it's is for, for when we are here, it's very dangerous. It's very, very dangerous. It's very, very, very dangerous. Very, very so the Bible says that the hair, okay. It says that as long as he's what? He's a child, he's a nephews, different not from a servant. Even though he be lord of all. So you are lord of all. But the Bible says that you are not different from a servant. And the, 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 the problem here is that you are not serving God. You are serving the, the weekly and the beggarly element of the world. Of the world. Uh, in the book of uh, uh, Colossians, the Bible calls it the rudiments. The rudiments. The stoichions. Hallelujah. Okay. But now, when we, we take our spiritual life serious and we move on to the next, uh, uh, the next growth, we come to what we call Pideon. 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 P-A-I-D-I-O-N. Pideon. Pideon. Let's go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 13. Now, Pideon is the word, is, is the um, etymological reference for the word pediatrics. P-A-I-D-I-O-N. Pideon. That's where we get the word. So here, the child has learned to walk and talk. And the child can identify the father. Are we okay with that? Now, let's find I say that. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him. That is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, Pideon, because ye have known the father. So, when you are weaned out from that place. Now, one thing they know is that they know the father. Let's go to verse 18. Now, what are the symptoms of knowing the father? Now, when we go to Matthew chapter 6, Jesus Christ begins to tell us certain things about the father. He says that whoever prays in secret, the father will see him and he will reward him. Whoever fasts, okay, in secret, the father will see him and reward him. Whoever gives, the father will will see him and reward him. It means that when, the, when you get into the pideon, one of the things is that you are going to have a stable prayer life, a stable fasting life, and a stable giving life. They begin to understand the place of prayer because now the realm of the Father, the Bible says that when you want to pray, pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So the Father reveals communication, the realm of prayer. So the pideon now knows how to talk to the Father. He, he said, the Bible said that he has known the Father. The Pideon, will, when he begins to pray now and nothing is happening, he, he understands the love of the Father, so you will not be worried. They have known the Father. They are no longer the pews that cry. They have known the Father. Verse 18. He said that, yes, Pideon, little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard that that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Let's move on. Verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of So now, at this point in time, God begins to safeguard them. Okay? Because now, they are, let me tell you something. Our value in the kingdom of God is not the same. There are certain people who are more important than certain, I mean, yes, it is key. 
If God wants someone to go to Arabia to go and win souls, he would prefer to take Benin than maybe me. Because we are not... The kind of contention that he... Uh, is, is, I, I will not... So we are, we are not all beneficial like that. No, I'm speaking the truth. We are not all the same. Okay, very good. So let's see. It he says that, for if they, they had been with us, they would not, no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not with us. Let's continue. Verse 20. He said, but ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. Now, at this point in time, they enter into the prophetic realm. I'm not saying that now they are led by the Holy Ghost. But they enter into the prophetic realm. Okay, very good. Now, this unction that they have received is an intuitive unction. Okay, it means that they have gotten to the place where they can begin to know the Father's will. This knowing doesn't mean that you know all things in the world. No. It means that at every point in time, you can assess the Father. Hallelujah. So if there's difficulty in assessing or knowing God's will, then you have still not gotten to Pideum. Let's move on. Let's move on. Verse 21. He said that, I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Now, when we talk about the word truth, it is not a statement of fast or fact. It is a substance of reality. Now, let me show you what, it, what this is. You see, we didn't know the symptoms of malaria until somebody had it. Do you understand that? Okay? So, when somebody had it, we realized that, oh, when malaria comes, this is it. Then this is it. You have a headache. You have cold. You have this, this, this. So, we documented that. When we documented that, that becomes a statement of fact. It is truth. But the one who is suffering from malaria has what we call the substance of reality. So, these people, they... It is no longer about reading the letters. They have entered into the economy of God's substance of life. They now know the truth. They, it, the truth, they, they have entered into substance. If we talk about holiness, they have entered into the realm of holiness. Healing. They are, they are testing. They are, they are walking in real truth. That is reality. So they, they now know. They can tell the difference. So, when we experience truth, because you have to know that truth is a personality. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, when we enter into the, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will lead, you, will lead you into all truth. So, the Holy Spirit brings us into the reality of the economy of God. Everything that the Bible begins to talk about, you begin to experience, when the Bible speaks about continuous victory, you begin to experience it daily. You, are, you, are, you have entered into that reality. When the Bible speaks about the kingdom of God is not in meat and in drink, but in righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Nothing that happens will ever sway you off. You are always peaceful and joyful. You have entered into that economy. You, you have entered into reality. It doesn't matter what Satan will bring. You, you have entered into truth. You, now you know the lie. You know that when I apply this job and it doesn't come, and God says that this is the, this is the place I work, you know that what they, they, uh, the, this thing, the way they, they sent you away or whatever, it is a lie. You know the truth. And nothing is going to shake you. This is Pideum. Let's move on. Let's go to verse 27. Verse 27. He said that, but the anointing which ye have, ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but, but 
as the same anointing teacher you of all things. Okay, so now they have also learned how to you how to you know subject themselves to the anointing upon their lives. Okay, now let me tell you, the function of anointing is not for power. No, anointing is not for doing. Now, the first time we heard the word anointing in the book of Exodus, it was it was an a seal that was put upon a man for separation. He said, anoint Aaron and sanctify him. So anointing is for sanctification. It means that when the anointing of God comes you upon you, you cannot do anything again. You are not of yourself. It is a seal. Now, so, now, in, in seeking God, when I'm searching God, one of the things is that, you see, when the, the Pideum, we said that they have an unction because now they begin praying, they begin fasting, they begin giving. So anointing comes. Now, when the anointing comes, it doesn't mean that God, God didn't say go and start a church. The anointing just shows that I have placed a seal upon you and now you cannot do what you want again. From hence, whatever you want to do, come and ask me first. You are sanctified. But when we get anointed, then we quickly run. We are doing things. And that is what causes commotion in the, in the, in the body of Christ. Because we are fire, but that fire is not regulated. And fire that is not regulated is dangerous. So the anointing, first of all, is for sanctification. So when you, be, you realize that your eyes are opening, your ears are opening, and now when you lay hands, people, it means that, hey, now me, me to me, yeah, they are, I can't marry who I want to marry. That is the first thing. The anointing is for sanctification. It means that an embargo has been placed upon you. Okay, so now, and as that, that anointing comes upon them, the anointing begins to teach them. Because the Bible says that, for the grace of God has appeared unto all men, teaching us. Now, here to the pardon, they don't, they, don't, they don't look at, ah, why is it that this guy can teach? Me, I cannot teach. Me, I don't have any. No, they, they are not like that. They, they submit themselves to the anointing, and the anointing begins to teach them. So, if, let's say, his, let's say, um, he has a teaching grace, or he has a prophetic grace, or he has so and so, okay, he submits himself to that anointing, that teaching. Okay, he doesn't look at anybody else. Okay, very good. Now, because there are certain things that no man can teach you. Because we understand that no two prophets are the same. The Bible says that there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Differences in administration, the same Lord. And difference in operation, but the same God. So it means that there is a way somebody else will operate his prophetic. That is different from mine. There is some, so there is some way that somebody will administer his teaching. Two teachers will not be the same. So it is when that anointing for teaching comes, he'll tell you that you, when you want to teach, memorize the Bible. That is the way I've realized that my this thing is, if I really want to teach, we have to memorize the Bible so that I can flow very well. Somebody else might do it a different way. So maybe you come and say, okay, no, this guy likes to memorize the Bible. So then you realize that, no, you are not allowing the anointing to teach you. You are, you are in the pews. You have not gotten to the pideum. Hallelujah. So, this is one way. So, the Pidom, they come to know the Father. They have consistent, they don't have to call them to come to, they, they have known the Father. Hallelujah. They have known the Father. They have known the Father. They have known the Father. But one thing they lack is that, even though whatever they are doing, they don't understand. So, when we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20. He said, brethren, be not, be not children in understanding. So this, be not pideum in understanding. 
we, are, we understand. We know that understanding is, is different from knowledge. I'll be okay with that. Okay, very good. I can know that when we when we when we when we build, you know, a skyscraper. Okay, I'm supposed to put a lightning arrester there. I know, but I may not understand why they put that lightning arrester there. Do you understand that? So the understanding is deeper than knowledge. So they may be doing, but they don't understand. But as time as they press on, understanding will come. Okay, very good. All right. So let's move on to the next one. I have to finish. Technion. Technion. After Pydion, you move on to Technion. And the Pydion takes a very long time. Because by the time you get to te uh, Technion, you are, you, are, you are almost uh, a teenager. You are almost you are a teenager. You are a teenager. Shop. Now let's go to 1 John 2.21. Okay, before we come there, I want you to uh, go to 1 John 2, 1. He said, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. Okay, this is technion, my little children. He said, that, And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Okay, all right. Now, they also now begins to understand when you when the next growth, what happens is that we will now understand the intercessory ministry of Christ for us. Okay, now realize that here they are saying if, if and if any man sin, it means that at this place, sin is no longer something that is regular in their life. They are broken away from addiction because at the Pythian side, God is going to deal with all these things. As you begin to know the Father, God will begin to break all these things away from you. So now, sin, there is nothing like I am, you know, I am, you know, like I, I, I'm watching, they are broken away. So it's a matter of if. You realize that? If. Okay? So if you are in appeals, you can just be wearing pumpers, ah, poo -pooing, poo -pooing, poo -pooing, but here, if. Okay? So now let's go to First uh, John 2.12. First John 2.12. He said, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. You, for, this, for his name's sake. They also come to understand the, the forgiveness of God. Okay? Now, because they understand the forgiveness of God, it is not that they are not easily offended. Offense is something that is taken away from them. Technion. Offense is something that is taken away from them. Something that is taken away from them. Something that is taken away from them. Then we have 1 John 3.18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed. Now, it means that from here, God begins to expect fruit. They have gotten to the stage of fruit bearing. They, they now have the capacity to cultivate fruits. So God is now, there is character formation. Okay, they begin to understand, they begin to walk in patience. There is, he said that, do not just love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed. So now we, we, we really begin to see the characteristics of God and Christ in them. There's character formation. Now, it is the same thing that we see in um, Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. He said, my little children, of whom I travel to Christ be formed in you. Okay, so... There are dimension. There is first of all the revelation of Christ, and there is Christ living in me. Then there is Christ forming in me. 
then there's Christ being magnified in me. So this technion, they have got into the formation of Christ. It is not just about Christ being revealed through them. It is not just about Christ living in them. It is about Christ being formed to grow. They have entered into the realm of formation. So now we begin to expect fruits. That is the technion. Then they are the same people that the Bible speaks about in First um, John chapter 4, verse 4. It says that little children, can we go there? First John chapter 4, verse 4. He said, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, they begin to they be, they overcome it. Now, if you go home, you can read from the verse 1. Now, they have the ability to test the spirit now. He said, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirit whether they are of God. Now, now when someone is doing something, they can tell the source. They have grown technically. Okay, so they have the capacity to test spirit. When you bring a dream, they can tell, no, this dream is from your flesh. No, this dream, maybe you, you already loved the girl. That's why this dream came. Okay, yes. So, beloved, believe not, say that they have, over, so they have overcome the element of the world. They have overcome them. And they have, had, they have come into the place of what? Into victory. Okay, so let's move on to the next one. Neniscus. First John 2 13 to 17. Neniscus is N E A N I S K O S. N E A N I S K O S. He said, I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him, that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to move on to the next one. Um, verse 14. He says that, I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him. That is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Now, this one, you see what was displayed in uh, what Paul, what Paul, did to bar Jesus. But when we read um, 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 Acts chapter 13, okay, now in this dimension, they can prove the doctrine by power. The young men, they overcome the, the wicked one. What, what we saw here, okay, when Paul, they have now entered into the realm of manifestation because they are almost in perfection. Almost. So they have come, the Bible says that for the word of God abided in you, the word, word of God is doctrine. The doctrine of God abides in you. And now, by that doctrine, they overcome the wicked one. Now, these people, okay, are more territorial. This, this, this is the place where God can commit families into your hands that you take over this family. You are dealing with your family or maybe you can, yeah, that's the realm. You will overcome the wicked one. The family altars, you kick all of them. You are able to deal with generational curses, bloodline issues. You have, because the word of God abided in you. And he says that, that uh, verse, verse um, 15. Let's go to verse 15. He said, so you see, love not the world is for the young men, not for you. He said, love not the world. 
neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Let's move on. Verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. So, this is the place where they are about to enter into the fullness. You know, now let me tell you, do you know why Jesus Christ had to be tempted? Because when, when he came to the river, Jordan, John the Baptist proclaimed that, behold the lamp of God. And God said that, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So, for your sonship, because after this place, you are moving into sonship, heels, or teleleos, you are moving into perfection. So, at this point in time, they are tempted on these three points. So, God declared that Jesus is now my son. Now, Satan said, oh, wow. So, you are the son of God. So, the first temptation said that if thou be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. So, there are the people that are about to enter into perfection, Christ-likeness. So, they have to be tempted just like Christ was tempted yet without sin. So, the dimension of the world they face is different from yours. Now, what kind of world do they face? Verse 17, let's see it. He says that, and the world passeth away, and the last thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abided forever. So, they have not just come to know God as Father, but they have come to know him as God. It is not just a matter of Father, but a matter of God. And now it is about choosing God's will. Whether to stand for the kingdom or to let go. Hallelujah. So let's just come to the last one. Heels. U-I-H-O-S. Or Telelios. Now, actually, when you, when you get here, okay, you are called perfect. When we go to... Um, Let's go to this one. First Corinthians chapter 40, verse 20. First Corinthians chapter 40, verse 20. He said, Brethren, be not children in understanding. Howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. Now, the word men is not, it shouldn't be men, it should be, but in understanding be perfect. So these people have come into the realm of perfection, Christ likeness. He said that, he said that. But he, and, and let's go to um, Hebrews, chapter, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. He said, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. Now they have come to full age. That is, those who by the reason of the use of their senses exercise to discern both good and evil. They have come of full age. They have come to what we term as what? The measure of the stature, of the fullness of Christ. And so Paul said that, for as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Now this, no, you see, it gets to a place where what God wants to do is that he wants a union, not to, for you to be united, he wants a union. Have you seen that when the sex gamut, okay, um, let me, I, I, want to, I want to use this one, okay, um, the egg, okay, and then the sperm, when they come to it forms a union. You can't find any difference. Do you understand that? Okay? That's what God, God wants you to be mingled with the spirit so that you become what we call the inner man. 
Not just the spirit, but the inner man. The Bible says that he might be strengthened by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that ye be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the length and the breadth and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ with perfect knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. This is where they are. And now they come into the place of manifestation. And this, you see, the whole of creation is waiting for this. The manifestations of the sons, the hues. Hallelujah. He said, for the endless expectation of the creature, awaited the manifestations of the sons of God. For the creation itself was delivered into bondage, not willingly, but by reason of him that subjected the same in hope. But he said that the creation itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the hues of God. Hallelujah. So you, are now, you, are, you now get into the realm of Joshua where the dimensions are under you. You tell the sun to stop and it stops. You command the fire and it comes. Because creation is under you. Manifestation. They, were, they are waiting for your manifestation. And in this end time, that's where you have to get to. Because we need the intervention of the finger of God. If you have no grown, you put the rod down. It turns to snake. Then Janice and Jambres also come. They put their this thing down. Now you have no move again. You are there because you are, let's say you are in the pews. All you know is that I can see into the spirit. Meanwhile, witches too can see into the spirit. Hallelujah. So you have to grow to the point where the finger of God can come. Jesus Christ said, if I by the finger of God. Hallelujah. It is only by the finger of God that the kingdom of God can prosper. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bless you for a time and a moment like this. Oh, Lord, for you said, but in Mount Zion, oh, God, there shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness. And the children of Jacob shall possess their possession, Lord. And you said, Saviors shall come upon Mount Zion, and they shall judge the mountains of Israel. Lord, we pray that from this vineyard, raise men, O God, men that will stand for you. Amen. Men that will bring in the manifestation that creation is waiting for. Amen. We bless you, Lord. Thank you. Jesus. We give you all the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening. This recording was brought to you by Kingdom Christian Fellowship Ministries. Stay blessed.